Naked ABCs, where we cover every song by the Bare Naked Ladies. You could say that we are we are the home base of everything Bare Naked Ladies. And with me tonight is a man who is just standing there speechless right now. But I'm going to ask him to speak up right now. Aaron, welcome. Hey, thanks. Uh, good to be here as always. <laughs> you aren't giving up on me, are you? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> You're on thin ice, though. Watch yourself. <laughs> and joining us this week as well is jeff jeff thank you for joining us hi everyone i am staying at home i am home bound as you would say (laughs) oh the bad puns are mine (laughs) and finally this week we have a guest um one of my dearest friends from a long ways back i won't call him an old man but he is he is a long time friend um i picked him up just on the side of the road i i stopped and picked up the pieces of his car how's that <laughs> car doing stefan it's doing great nice nice to see you glad to be there <laughs> did you think i would turn my back on you seriously oh, man no, 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 not at all. When you're standing in the center of the road, no way. Aaron has left the chat. <laughs> and of course, this week we are going over the, dis- we are going to discuss the song Home. If you haven't heard it before, here is a quick snippet. That's what you do when someone's given up on you. When I knew that I was giving up, giving in That's when I knew where I was That's when I knew that I was home Oh, okay You gotta Um, leave that yawning Wow. Um, <laughs> is that your review of the song? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I might be giving away my feelings about this song ahead of time. Cut, big, cut. <laughs> that was a quick snippet. That was a quick snippet. <laughs> I thought that was the song. That was. That was the whole song. <laughs> no heart. That's, What's going on? I, I thought this was the bare naked ladies, not Yanni. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, that is bad. I wish I had thought of it. <laughs> So this is a Paige Robertson tune, but let me try it again without the Peter Brady moment. This is a Paige Robertson tune, but what album is it, Aaron? This one actually gave me a bit of trouble. Uh, Obviously, Steven is doing the vocals, so it can't be from too recent, Uh, but it's fairly slickly produced. There's a lot of that twangy, reverby, country-ish acoustic guitar that I hear on the slightly newer stuff somewhere in the middle so i'm um, splitting the difference and going bare naked ladies are men oh you were so close bare na- uh the For okay yeah. same recording uh, session right uh, pretty close yeah i mean they they was like metallica those. with load and reloads <laughs> it Kid is from bare naked ladies are me in 2005 yeah. okay. and of course the double album that was released separately um, and interesting, this song was actually completed in that first writing session session in spring of 2005. So, yeah, you, you kind of had it right. Like, that, this was one of their early songs off that album. Nice. So, I know normally we go with music first. I have a reason otherwise. I would like to discuss the lyrics of this song first. What is this song about? <laughs> I want to hear you guys and your thoughts on what, what is the song? Tracy, what is this song not about? Let's be honest. <laughs> Home. Uh, well, okay. So my, the first thing that I noticed was that aside from possibly the last verse where there's this exit out of the darkness in the, in the bridge, the first couple of times when he says, that's when I knew where I was, that's when I knew where I was home it's associating it with something negative, right? Like this feeling of uh, relationship deteriorating or, or, or turning your back on someone or being, ter- being, having someone turn their back on you. Um, 
So that's not good. Uh, my first <laughs> instinct was, hey, maybe this is like someone describing depression because like sometimes if you if you struggle with depression for like your entire life and you find yourself back in the middle of a depressive episode, you're like, oh, I'm back home again. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. Knowing Steven like I do, that might be, that's where I was going with that. But uh, interestingly enough, there is an uplifting, as I said, uh, kind of message at the end, maybe kind of sort of bittersweet at least, um, which might be Ed's influence on the song. I'm not sure. Uh, but I'd be curious to hear what you guys think about it. Jeff, what do you think? What do you so I kind of have a different take on this one. And um, when I hear the song, I'm kind of hearing uh, a story of fame. Um, not an underdog sensation or a movie of the week. Uh, anybody? Wrong anyone, song. What? Yeah, this is home. <laughs> this is bringing it home. This is home. <laughs> right, but I'm I'm still kind of I'm kind of hearing that that level of uh, um, fame there or. Um, um, trying to uh start from the beginning or or uh bring yourself up from the bottom okay you do know that the song that we're covering tonight is home right 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 bringing it home from the bees because this no. is a couple of years ago we're still in the bees right now no we, we're, we're not doing going back i would never do that i would never go back and cover a song that like out of order like that's like pretty I sure I... that we were still on the bees so we're, we're at home yeah we're on home oh, oh we're doing home yes we're doing home from bare naked ladies or me yeah that one. Oh, that one. Oh, okay yeah i can totally do that one i'm sorry <laughs> I was comp- uh see i've been home so long now i apparently forgot what i was doing this whole stay at home thing i was, <laughs> I was thrown me off completely on time yeah i can do home yeah we got oh, yeah, what well, songs are jam right yeah, it is a jam. It's totally a jam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you listen to Home or Bringing It Home? I'm pretty sure I listened to Home. <laughs> Are you guys doing a bit right now? I can't tell. <laughs> home is extremely hard to find. I could only get it from Tracy's MP3 he uploaded, so... I had I had to dig. I couldn't find it. Is it. Was this not, like, a, an official release? Was this a B-sider or something? Or Nope. Nope, but the, did, the biggest problem is is that it's a single word, and and so the hard they thing they have bringing it home, and they it, have going home, and they have yeah, there's a couple of songs right, home. Yeah, and they, they have, have they have several songs with the word home, and I searched for this, and I think the hardest thing in searching for this one is that we have four different songs by Bare Naked Ladies that have the word home in it. The most recent, of course, which is bringing it home. So that's the first thing that pops up, along with all these leaks about describing like how bringing it home was made and like the video and then the other version of this. And so you have to go like three pages in before you actually find the YouTube video of home. Now, it's not an actual video, official video, but it's it's the song online. the other part of that is, of course, if you type in Bare Naked Ladies Home, it brings you to their home page. You're like, no, that's not it. And then you <laughs> Right. And if you, if you, yeah, you know what, though? I just, I just realized that. If you type in, uh, that's, that's where my confusion was. If you type in home in YouTube. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, you get bringing it home, actually. Yeah. I mm-hmm. It occurred to me. Yeah. And then if you type in, okay, well, it, it, then the next one is their Facebook homepage. And then the next one after that is their YouTube homepage. So you <laughs> you keep getting their homepages. You don't get the actual song. And I like it was poor decision to call it home when they decided to call it. I get why they did because that is what the song is about. It is the theme that it keeps coming back to, but it makes it really hard to search for online. Mm-hmm. I also don't know how many times people actively search for this song online. <laughs> it's not one of their greatest hits. It's not, I wouldn't say it's one of their lesser known hits either. So it's not one that people are like searching out to try to find that they don't own. It's kind of one of those in the middle mediocre kind of hits or songs that they have that doesn't get looked for much. So Stefan, what were your thoughts on, on the lyrics on what this song's about? Song lyrics are always multifaceted and, and very deep on different levels and apply to a person's life in different moments and at different times and during different feelings even. Uh, for me, 
and my life, um, I'm going through a, a number of relationship changes right now. And it applies to me and my life in regards to um, a, a relationship that just isn't really isn't going anywhere you know it's like he says that um you um was that you have you've won my hand dear but it was a consolation prize yeah, that was mm-hmm. so you know so it's like winning a hand that's um either you're playing poker or you're getting married <laughs> right so i assume that's the latter because you know most songs are about uh relationships and um you know staying on the side of the road, picking up pieces of your car, you're standing there speechless. So something had happened where they left and they were so distraught and they might've driven off the road and cracked up the car. And that's completely understandable when you're in distraught, um, emotional distress. I get it. I totally get it. Sounds like my past month. <laughs> so, I did not ask you to come on in relation to this song for this reason, by the way. <laughs> no, no, no. But it seems to seems to nail the hit the nail on the head with this one. But I, you know, that's that's why I'm getting you know from this is like basically something happened and somebody's um, devotion was elsewhere. So they ended up going in two different directions and mm. it wasn't um as um as special as one or the other would have wanted and the attention wasn't being devoted to each other there's something that was distracting one or both of them mm-hmm. and what i find interesting about this is that it's so the lyrics are vague in a lot of ways. They're very poetic and they, they're trying to reach a, a, a understanding in the song without like directly stating things. Um, but he gives enough of it there to give you the basic idea of what he's trying to tell for a story here. To me, I'm not sure. Is he, so we have the narrator. I'm going to call him he because the, the other person that's in this song is the she. Um, and I know, but it, it is a he singing the song, so I'm not just trying to make some some heterosexual assumptions here. Um, it's just because Stephen's singing the song, so I'm going to guess the narrator is a he in this situation. It's not call me calmly. Um, but I don't know, did, if the narrator is the one that doesn't, isn't totally in this relationship, if the spouse is the one that's not totally in this relationship, or if neither one of them is totally not in the relationship. So I'm not sure, like, it could be any of the three, and I don't know which one to choose about who's not fully in love here. Okay, I think both are distracted with something else, you know, and they didn't take the priority on uh, the relationship that they were in, both of them. It's possible. Yeah. I know that the, so the she in this relationship, the spouse is coming out of another relationship. And we, we get that right off the bat because it says you get that, um, side of the road. I stopped and picked up the pieces of cards. So this is where they're meeting the beginning of the road side of the road, interestingly enough, but you know, you get this traveled story Whereas each, in each of the uh, verses, one of them, you start with the side of the road, which is the beginning of the relationship. The next one is in the middle of the road. And the last one is at the end of the road. So you get the traveled relationship in the song. Really cool idea by Stephen there. But so you, you were just standing there speechless, knowing that you'd never travel far. I get the feeling like, so this, this lady got in this accident. She just got out of this. And it says, that's what you do when someone's given up on you. So she just had someone give up on her. The, the relationship that she was in, that person left. And so now she meets this other person on the side of the road, rebound relationship. Here's a comfortable person that's nice and is taking care of her. But it sounds like she never really was in as much as she was in that last relationship. She, th- this was a rebound for her and she never went past it. 
But then the following line makes me wonder if he also wasn't totally into the relationship because it says, that's when I knew I was giving up and giving in. And I don't think of like a relationship where you're happy to be in it as giving up and giving in. <laughs> right. Why would that, that shouldn't feel like home, right? No, <laughs> I wouldn't think. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to judge. <laughs> Well, the next lines he even says are stuck in the middle of the road, like <laughs> giving this in, this vision of like I'm stuck in this relationship. And as you pointed out, Stefan, like you may have won my hand, dear, but it was the consolation prize. You didn't win my heart; you won my hand. Yeah, yeah, very valid. But at the same time, he sounds happy to be in this relationship. He keeps calling it home. He keeps calling it like this comfort, comfort thing. And he even says that he's too scared to leave this relationship. I could run, but I'm petrified. So it sounds like we have this person that is in what I would call like a companion and love marriage where there's high intimacy, there's high friendship, there's high, high, you know, a lot of knowledge of each other um, as well as comfort there and there's a lot of uh, commitment there, but there's no passion. Well, it, it does kind of sound like it's, it's um, it kind of sounds like it's someone that's not able to settle though. I mean, when I'm looking at the lyrics it, uh, and listening to the song, uh, it looks like someone that, so the picked up pieces of your car could be something that's wrecked, something that didn't work out. So it's two people in relationships that aren't working out and found each other, and that was their solace for the moment. But like you're saying, and like the lyrics say, it doesn't sound like it's necessarily um, the right situation, but it's it's a, a release or a relief from whatever's happening back at the house. So home is not where they lay their head. Um, mm -hmm. I, I almost I almost envisioned it. It's, it's two different people in bad relationships that, you know, find solace in each other and maybe i'm stretching here but no i mean i i think like the consolation prize i mean you were the consolation prize it wasn't what was meant it wasn't what you were in but so you know stuck in the middle of the road for better or worse we compromise um but that whole picked up the pieces of your car really sound like he found someone who's in a messed up situation um which it sounds like he is too and it's that situation where, you know, that or that scenario where you have two people that are married to someone and, you know, they've reached that point where it's complacency or where it's, it's not working out. And <clears throat> again, like Aaron said, not judging, but it's two people that found each other in that situation. And that was their solace, at least for a moment. It was home, you know. Yeah. But is, but you saying it's a moment. I don't get the feeling it's a moment. I get the feeling that this is a relationship they keep coming back to. Because he he says, like, he know, he's running like he out of escape, her. He can't escape from it, though. Like, he just keeps going back again and again and again. Right, because he keeps saying, like, I'm running. That's when I knew I was running out on you. That's, when, right. that's what you do when time is running out and running down. He got in this relationship with her. is in this long-term relationship with her, time with her, uh, relationship with her and time is ticking and he can feel the time ticking and he's thinking of the other relationships that he could be in and he's not quite happy in this relationship but it's also home for him it's also comfort to him. right it's, and i do like the line i could run but i'm petrified and choose this instead mm -hmm. again, like, and I do, again. I, again and again yeah i do like that line um like someone that's just kind of like fallen in, into that moment because, you know, they feel like they have no other choice, but to keep going back to the situation, whether mm -hmm. or not it's wrong. The weird line is, so, I mean, here's a guy that keeps running out on, on the other person and maybe she's also been running out on him, but the line, the line that really gets me is how could you think I would turn my back on you? Well, you, you have many times. <laughs> Like, how, how could I think that? Well, yeah. Because you have. <laughs> a lot of people stay in unhealthy relationships because they are afraid to leave the situation. 
Yeah. And, right. Uh, yeah. That applies to the, for better or worse, we compromise. Yeah. So mm. There could be a, a huge level of comprom compromising within that from, you know, from not liking one another to feeling comfortable. And it applies to um, that lyric that you like, Jeff. It's uh, um, where does a heart reside? If not where I lay my head, I could run by petrified and choose this instead. So you're absolutely right. It's, it's scary to leave a relationship that people have grown, um, grown apart from. Uh, but if you're living with somebody, it's easier to make those compromises and stay in an unhealthy relationship and tolerate it because it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a saying, inertia is the strongest force. And I know that right. physics nerds mm -hmm. out there are going to be like, well, inertia is not a force. It's a lack of force acting on something. But I, I'm just being poetic. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think I think a sad line actually. Now that I'm kind of looking through this and, and and analyzing it, is you may have won my hand, dear, but it was a consolation prize. Yeah. Um, it sounds yeah. almost like she's saying he's saying to the to her, "You were my consolation prize." Yeah, you got me, but you were my consolation prize, um, which is kind of a self-centered thing to say. But um, unless it was unless it's the reverse, which I know that's interpretation, but like you know. Neither of us, maybe it maybe or both, neither of us are happy. You know, we are the consolation prize for what we yeah. originally accepted, which I mean, is a, a really, really sad, sad line, line, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's where, like, we'll come to it when we get to the music, but I, I think that's one of the things that I can't connect to a lot in, during the song is just it's so sad that I'm not wanting to go there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and the fact that he keeps going back into it and then that he's okay with that. And he thinks that she should be okay with that. You know, his line, like, what could I do but call you? Like, of course I'm right. going yeah. to. Like, what did, yeah. how did you think this would be turning out? I'm tired of being miserable. I'm miserable where I am and I don't want to leave, but I have, you know, I keep doing this because it's, um, I, I don't feel like I have a choice. And I don't know if he's miserable. I think he is, I think they're a companionate relationship and he wants passion. And maybe well, yeah, she right. wants passion. Yeah. yeah. But once he goes out there, he's afraid that he's not going to find that passion. And he's like, well, at least I have this. I'm comfortable with this. And, and it is love. And I, I, you know, it's there and it's what I call home. This is a less obvious me and Mrs. Jones. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I had down later on, like at the bottom when I'm like reviewing what I think of this song, there are other songs with the same theme that BNL does that are done better. Um, and, and, and I'll get more into that, but, um, this is there are other ones that they have written that that are done in a better way i think um or at least that they they speak more to me and they they make me feel more when i'm listening to them this one doesn't when i'm listening to it it doesn't hit me in the feels it doesn't make me like have a major emotion as I'm sitting here breaking it down, it does, but I have to sit there and like, yeah, I was going to say the more we talk about this, the higher my rating goes actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, I think it's pretty, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty moving. It's pretty yeah. um, intense. Um, I think it's deceptive, right? Because I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. I will, I will admit, I was skeptical, you know, uh, you know me, uh, it takes a lot to win me over. When I heard that acoustic guitar, the first thing I thought was coffee commercial. <laughs> and it did not, did not bode well. But as the song unspooled, I suppose, uh, I just I started to kind of you know gravitate towards it and really kind of start thinking about where this was coming from. And especially once I started reading the lyrics, it really caught my attention. So, yeah, it, it's one of those ones to me. It really grew on me. Um, when I when I analyze the song, I have to listen to it like 10, 20 times at least, just just for that part. So yeah. like I listen to it over and over again. And um, yeah, I wasn't in love with it right away, but uh, I actually, I, I quite like it now. Maybe that's uh, <clears throat> Stockholm Syndrome that I'm experiencing. <laughs> well, no, there's a psychological, 
there is a psychological theory around that that the more that we listen to a song right. if it is if it is a moderately yeah. okay song or one we really like we like it more if we actively hate that song on the first listen then by the time we've listened to it 10 times we actively hate it more yeah it so just reinforce whatever we're yeah getting from them yeah and this is a song that i remembered being on the album i knew of it but if you ask me to actively pull it out of my memory like hey list the songs off this album i would forget this one every time sometimes in the music industry you have a quota for cranking out x amount of songs <laughs> to fit onto an album well that's and the weird thing about there's this there's some though. point where people just are like whatever dude i'm just going to rewrite whatever <laughs> just make this work i would think it was album filler but this is their double album where they had 29 songs that they came in with they could easily have said you know what we're just gonna go with 28 or you know what we're just gonna go with 14 like some of these are just filler get rid of them they didn't do that they're like no they're all going on we gotta we have to do a double album like a white album type thing where we do a double album to, because we love these songs <laughs> Why not just do an acoustic of some Gordon songs or something? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, there is a an acoustic version of the song, by the way. So if you bought the... That was the one I found, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little bit different. Um, musically, it's different. Lyrically, it's not. So we'll get into the, the musically in a minute. But there, if you bought the first album out of the double album and you bought the deluxe version... Or you bought, no, if you bought ahead of time, the second album, knowing that when you bought the first one, so you kind of bought this big package. So that way they knew that you were going to get the second album as well. They gave you the live version that they played acoustically called the All New Review. Um, it is slightly different. Um, I would say out of the ones on that album that I like as an, as an acoustic version, this is not one of those. Um, it's not different enough and it's not different in a way that I like. Um, so there, it's a lot stripped down because they, they, you know, Kevin doesn't have as many instruments in there. Um, he just plays that one instrument cause they're playing it live. So, and then switches over to the mandolin halfway through, um, and does the keys occasionally. Less Kevin is always a bad thing for me, but you know. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the ooze on the bridge aren't there either. And I really like those ooze in the background of the bridge. They give it a yeah. nice eerie feeling. So, so that's the other thing I want to get to before we get to the music. I love the, we have in this song, a perfect example of BNL's bridge where that kept, that Stephen was talking about before when we interviewed him about here's the song. And this is where I think Ed wrote, I think Ed wrote the bridge here. Cause Stephen liked to say like one of us would write this, the regular song, the other one would write the bridge. I think Stephen wrote most of the lyrics to the song and then Ed wrote the bridge. It sounds like an Ed bridge. Um, but you get the, I'm going to tell the tale in this song. And then the bridge is going to give you this backstage glimpse into what the story is. And then we're going to get back into the story again. And I, I really do love that about BNL when they, when they do that kind of writing. They're great writers. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about it. The monkey They're not wizard. afraid to touch onto touchy stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go off into uh, pro pro private joke territory there. <laughs> so why don't we go into music territory, Aaron? Will you break down the song for us? All right, let's break it down. So break it down, Aaron. Break it down. <laughs> That's our new intro for Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> it's just having a break it down. Yeah, please, please do that. Actually, like do that at least for bum, at bum. least for the next episode. <laughs> at least for the next episode, please do that. Uh, so anyway, uh, Home uh, was recorded at a tempo of approximately seventy-three beats per minute. They seem to like. I don't know if it's um, 
perverse sense of humor or what, but they like to go for the odd times uh, uh, tempos. Um, very rarely will I say, oh, it's you know, exactly 140 or something. It'll usually be like 137 or something like that. So this is a 73. Uh, it's a rock ballad feel, I guess I would call it. Um, it's written in the key, would you believe it, of D major, uh, with a notable exception, because there is a key change in the bridge. So the A changes, I will, you can't hear my air quotes. Maybe you can. <laughs> Maybe you can hear <laughs> my, yeah. Uh, anyways. So Doom the, closer the, to the mic. The A, yeah. <laughs> yeah here you go. I'm, do, I'm doing the air quotes as loud as I can right now. Uh, anyways, <laughs> the A changes, or really not changes at all. It just sticks on the D. It's just the D chord, and it just stays in D. Then we get into the chorus, uh, where it starts to change up a bit. And we have uh, G to A to D, G to E to A to D, um, and then G to A to E to A to D. So it's basically hopping around. Um, you've got like this uh, uh, one, four, five kind of, there's like uh, uh, two, uh, two, six, uh, six, two, five, one at the end, which gives you a nice turnaround because you go, you know, you have that really nice resolution uh, from the, the two to the five and then down to the one. It just feels really, it feels like coming home. And that's, um, that's, that's, no, that's no accident uh, because that is exactly what you're doing. When you resolve in music, that's what, they, that's what they call it. They call it going home. You go to the tonic and you, it feels restful for that reason. So I'm thinking there was some intentional um, programmatic elements to that, which makes me actually retrospectively, retroactively, uh, uh, maybe maybe rate this a little higher even because uh, I really I really appreciate programmatic elements. So you have the verse changes or the, the verse chord A chorus is your B verse two is A chorus again B. Then we go to the bridge and we have a key change to D flat minor or C sharp minor if you want to be a weirdo, uh, not just minor. Uh, I'm that weirdo. I'm saying it must be the C sharp minor. <laughs> Not, at least it's not C flat, right? Uh, uh, not just minor, but harmonic minor, meaning that while the third and the sixth notes are flatted like in a natural minor scale, the seventh is raised, which is one of my favorite scales, actually. That's uh, got a very interesting uh, feel about it. Uh, so you have here in the D flat har harmonic minor, we have D minor to C diminished, the seventh, back up to the tonic D minor. And uh, we go back and forth until towards the end where we go to the B flat to D flat and it hangs there and you're like, where is this going? And then it goes up into D, D natural. So back, back into the D major. So yeah, exactly. It goes home. It goes so home. Back and forth, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. And then it's kind of, so the interesting thing to me is that we have this, we've talked before in the show about how like a lot of times the bridge is kind of like getting to the meat and potatoes and like saying, this is what this song is about. And if that is where, where he's saying, you know, where does the heart reside, if not uh, where I lay my head? Uh, I could run, but I'm petrified, and I choose this instead again and again. So it's this idea of recognizing um, maybe a bad habit or, or, or the propensity to remain stationary when you know you should make a change. Um, and then interestingly enough, at the end, it comes out. So again, we go, we go minor because I think it's scary to confront the truth. So kind of Stefan was talking about this a little bit, you know, and, and, and or maybe to leave a relationship, we're, we're always scared of the unknown. It's, it's an evolutionary psychology thing. As, as a species, we're terrified of the unknown. We, yep. it, it's like that saying, the, the devil you know versus the devil you don't, right? You're like, well, <laughs> this isn't what I want out of life, but it's not terrible, and who knows what could happen if I leave and do something else. So right. that's a scary thing. So we go from this kind of restful major in D when he's like, oh, this is home, this is where I'm at, to the bridge where he's saying, well, maybe I should run away, I'm kind of terrified. It gets minor, it gets scary, it gets kind of eerie, like you noted, uh, Tracy, that's probably the diminished chord. And then it goes back up and it hangs on that minor and then it steps up. It's almost like stepping off of whatever path you're on, stepping onto the other one. And then we're back in major, but this time the lyrics are slightly more, well, at least at the start, <laughs> slightly more positive, you know, end of the road I'm running. So he, he decided to run, he decided to move, make a change. But then at the end, he's saying like, maybe I should go back to this again. So it's, <laughs> it, it's kind of, the whole thing's kind of frustrating. Um, but it's intentionally so, I would say. It's probably, you know, I mean, we all second guess ourselves constantly, or at least I do. I don't want to speak for anyone mm -hmm. else, but everyone's always thinking, well, what if I'd said this or done this differently or, um, 
wouldn't it be great to have a, a control Z for life, right? But uh, <laughs> we don't. So I don't know. It's it's a really interesting. It's a pensive song. It's a very. Uh, it's a, it's one of those songs. I love songs that are in major keys but sound sad. Anyways, uh, it's a great song by Ozzy Osbourne. Goodbye to Romance is like that. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a really cool song. It's definitely. I would not go as far as to say this is in the pantheon of my favorites, uh, but. I, I think I like it much more, as I said, than when I first started listening to it, and I was just kind of hit by the the general ambiance of it. Mm-hmm. The, it's got layers, and the further you you kind of unfurl them, I think the the more meaning the song takes on. One of the things I think that that's really cool about the song is it's programmatic. Yeah, it, yeah. it is. It is very much the the music matches up with what the feel of the song is, and they're trying to make you feel emote. Mm. what they're where they're going with this song yeah great um it's very serene it's very calm it's very relaxing um it, it, it's a comfortable song but i don't think we remember comfortable songs very well <laughs> well I, I i don't know if you guys have ever seen a show called going deep with david reese no i highly recommend it it is basically a i guess it's kind of a science show sort of it's kind of a comedy show kind of a science show he takes really simple things and analyzes them to the nth degree going down 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 into the microscope and it's a really interesting concept it only had two seasons unfortunately but i really enjoyed it um the reason i bring it up is he was doing an episode on shoes and and running and feet and um he was talking to like a i don't don't want to say a podiatrist but it was i think it was just someone more like who studies it's like in the anatomy of the feet specifically for like uh, maybe it was but uh he's talking to an expert in the field a foot expert shall we uh not shredder <laughs> I, I apologize he was <laughs> he's talking to a foot expert and uh he was saying you know these shoes are really comfortable as we've progressed from like simple thongs and sandals up to like the, the modern running shoe they become much more cushiony and comfortable and then he asks the the doctor asks him the host david do you think comfort is a good thing because we actually end up if we if we, if we take too much comfort right you're you're limiting the feedback so this is obviously we're talking about feet here but i think it's a good metaphor for almost anything comfortable does not necessarily mean good comfortable means static or or you know again inert so um and sometimes if you're if you're happy where that is then more power to you but um I also think, you know, we should always be trying to progress and move forward, not necessarily saying, you know, move forward through this relationship into the next one, but, uh, you know, be working on your relationship and be building something and making it work. But that's just me. That was a hell of an analogy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm known for my analogies. (laughs) I'm just laughing because in the middle of it, you have that doctor that asks the narrator, yeah. do you think comfort is a good thing? And I'm just like, yeah. that's a Tracy question right there. Yeah. Like he's leading oh, yeah. him to go in the wrong yeah. direction. That can, that can be applied. <laughs> but no, that can be applied to so much, I think. Yeah. So uh, no, it, it just it made me think of that. So I, I thought I was sure. <laughs> no, and I also think that's why it's really cool in the middle where you have this just before he decides to run again. Mm-hmm. And just after he ran in the end of the last verse, you have this very haunting bridge that definitely makes you feel a little unnerved. You have this comfortable and calm song that then makes you kind of feel unnerved. Um, and it's not horribly unnerved, but just a little bit. It takes you out of your yeah. comfort zone. And that's what he's doing in the moment that he's running away. Until he goes back again into the comfort zone at the end of the song. So using Aaron's shoe analogy, the, the bridge is basically the bunion or the athlete. Yeah. Sort of yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, he gets a, oh, wait, 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 even really further. He gets a splinter. Hurts. <laughs> to go even further, he gets a splinter. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't comfortable at all. Why did I buy these? Yeah. Well, <laughs> how else can I work Michelangelo in this? <laughs> so uh, there are some interesting things. The beginning, Aaron, you, men- <clears throat> Aaron, you mentioned the be- earlier 
in this discussion um the beginning of the song i know you mentioned the beginning the beginning of like i was like no i gotta reword that that's horrible um <laughs> you mentioned the beginning of our discussion the start of the song um and i think it's interesting because it sounds like something you would hear on the album as you like it mm. which is something they did just prior to this and I almost wonder if maybe some, maybe they took something, a character out of that, and they're like, you know what, let's use that. And that's where they came up with the idea of this song. Well, I would say this song is a tragedy, so maybe it's a Shakespearean tragedy. Could be. <laughs> or could... everybody's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. We, we are only guessing that. There was a car crash at the beginning of the song. Yeah, that was Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. <laughs> The night I fell asleep behind the wheel is actually yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. Exactly. Okay. Now we're getting into some four-dimensional trapezoidal logic here. I'm sorry. I'm just mesmerized by the mesmerized by the fluff and then Stefan's cam over there. <laughs> yeah, I got invaded. Attack of the fluff. Cat. Um, I want to I want to point out um, because on this album we do have the background um, uh, we have the liner notes telling us who played what. Mm. Um, it's interesting because you have Tyler's on drums, percussion. You have Ed on guitar. You have Steven on lead. You have Jim on electric bass. Um, so our electric double bass. Sorry. Um, and he he so here's where we have the first thing where something's going interesting. Um, in that he is, Ar he's Arco. He's bowing the electric double bass in this song. Yeah. And then we have Kevin. And even though it's not a Kevin song, and you wouldn't pull this song out and go, this is what, this is a Kevin, like, this is where you can hear Kevin. If you listen, Kevin is all over this. He is playing the mandolin, the solo electric guitar, the slide guitar, the, sorry, the slide electric guitar and the keyboards, as well as the background vocals. I don't think there's anything that Kevin's not throwing into the soup on this song. He's playing the Kevin. <laughs> He's like, he no, no, wait, the, wait, that's not the enough. Cowbell. He didn't play the cowbell. He played the cowbell. One, so. <laughs> yeah, I really, I gotta have more cowbell, honestly. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it's used more of the cowbell. Always use more cow cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's not feeling like it's an overproduced song either. Like Kevin, no, like definitely, no. like kept coming back with more stuff to throw into this song. But it doesn't feel like he went too far with it either. It's well balanced. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that really highlights Kevin's strengths, like to to know how much to throw in without going too far with it. Well, I'm glad you're being sold on Kevin on this song, actually, because <laughs> I've been a defender for weeks. <laughs> I love Kevin as an artist. Bruh. Bare naked ladies. Tracy, we're trying to get Kevin to come on the show. <laughs> yes, come on, Tracy. I'm not going to be allowed to interview him, am I? It's going to be all no, no. <laughs> You'll be muted the whole time. <laughs> we might have to separate you, but if he does come on the show. <laughs> um, I like the guitar solo that's in this song. It's very lackadaisical. Um, but that's in a good way. It's, it's also very programmatic in that it's trying to like lull you into comfort in this song. And I, and I like that. It's kind of like giving you this ni nice back caress and like, just like, oh, yeah, I kind of like that. That's cool. <laughs> and then you have the bridge, which is the ooze that are in this bridge, the harmonies in the background. So as I mentioned before, when you listen to the acoustic live version, they're not there and they're missing. If you've ever heard the original version first, like if you hear that mm -hmm. the acoustic first, you're like, oh yeah, that's great. You hear the, the actual album version first and you feel the missing ooze that are on this bridge because it really gives you a different feeling. I concur. <laughs> 
I am in I'm leaving agreement. that space in there, you guys. <laughs> that will not be edited out. <laughs> that was an awkward pause. We were, <laughs> I mean, we were yeah, so just stunned not by your insight, Tracy. You, 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 were, you were very passionate about it. Yeah, I felt it like there's very wow. little I could, like, I could have added to that. <laughs> So that wasn't I mean, the like Tracy has totally gone it, off the deep end. We're just gonna no, let no, him swim. I feel like I, this is in that scene in, in uh, Blazing Saddles where where oh, Headley Lamar goes off and off and off on this great speech about how he feels and he uses all these you know uh, SAT words and then Taggart is like ditto. <laughs> like that's me right now. Ditto. Excuse yeah, us while Tracy whips way. this insight out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining Bare Naked wow. <laughs> So speaking of that, let's 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 uh put some numbers on that. <laughs> let's measure that thing. <laughs> Ditto <laughs> Tracy, put it away. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I know it's bare naked ABCs. Oh, my kids are listening. Come on. <laughs> All right, I, I need some like help this week. Guys. Naked ABCs. <laughs> Alright guys, I need some help on this week. <laughs> As you can see already. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to give this for a, a metric for this week. Uh, I've, been, I've been thinking about it, but once again, this song lulled me into a very comfortable zone and I couldn't come up with anything <laughs> that is a good metric for this week, other than Holmes, but that just sounds... <laughs> How many car crashes? No, we gotta save that one. That's later. You, that, that's um, another song. Yeah, <laughs> that's another song. <laughs> um, I don't know what what can we break this with. Um, what would we need to come up with a fictional name for a unit of inertia? <laughs> <laughs> a patty. Oh, patty. Yeah, patty. Wait, how do I spell that? P-A-D-D-Y. P-A-D-D-Y. All right, so how many patties? How many patties? <laughs> or tell Oh, boy. That how sounds like a reverse <laughs> number again for me. <laughs> how many patties do I give this song? Sounds like an awesome Big Mac to me. <laughs> Can I give it a whole cow pasture? <laughs> Three patties, extra cheese, and bacon, please. All right, so zero to five. How many how many patties do we give this song? <laughs> Poor Aaron's been going first every week for the last like three weeks. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a little bit of a reprieve. I'm gonna send it over to Jeff. Jeff, oh, how really? Many, okay, you're gonna start with. I'm gonna <laughs> start with you. The guy who didn't hear the song to like. Did an you hour get ago. the license number of that bus that Tracy just threw you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think I feel like I'm going to set the wrong bar on this, though, Tracy. I, I, I honestly feel I'm going to set the wrong bar. because, and, and not to make your editing worse, but to excuse my misstep at the beginning of this episode. Um, <laughs> I'm editing that which out. Which is now edited out. But, <laughs> which won't exist, and you'll never hear it. But um, honest, honestly, though, i got to be honest. I really like this song. Yeah, um, I like it a lot. The more we, especially, I mean... Um, you know, I really gave it a solid listen to recently, uh, very recently, and uh, <laughs> and uh, it was just really into the to, to the way it was set up musically and lyrically. And lyrically, it is a sad song. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And um, you know, I've been there. I've been in the situation of this song, and I and I think it speaks for a lot of people where you're in that relationship where, um, <clears throat> for better or for worse, where you're where you're not happy, you're miserable for whatever reason, wrong relationship, wrong person, and you find someone else in the same situation and you find that solace and you're making that decision, you know, where do I go? It should, it is, is do the pros outweigh the cons? And, um, you know, you're in, you're in your wreckage of your car. So am I. Um, and you finally make that step and this is home. This is where I belong. This is where I am. But then when the smoke clears for whatever, you look back and you're like, did I make a mistake? And that's how the song ends. And with Aaron's analysis of the music, um, which I'm slowly getting into, a little something about me is I've been actually learning guitar. So I'm actually that's starting it. to get chords and keys and, and get, the, get all that. And um, that bridge hits and, and there's sort of a dissonance to it and that, that, the questioning, but it comes back to it. Um, you know, with that, that final closure of, Am I making a mistake? 
I love what they did with this song. Um, I think it's emotional. I think it's heartfelt. I think it can, it's relatable. Um, I like that the lyrics are kind of ambiguous. So as far as Patty's, and I'm rambling here, and I know I'm kind of going off, but I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give this one 4.25 Patty's. Patties. <laughs> 4.25 patties. I'm not gonna, you know, I can't put it as high as a lot of very clear, very brilliant, very lyrically and musically amazing bare naked lady songs. Um, but I I feel like I'll come back to this one. I think I'm gonna listen to it repeatedly and I I like what this song does and it gives me kind of a you know, I'm in a very happy state of my life right now. And, you know, despite obviously everything going on, I'm glad that my life is where it is. But it reminds me of, of darker times. And, um, you know, I feel like a song should do that. No, it's an elaborate scheme. Deploy. <laughs> did, he, did he switch off? Oh, he's just frozen. I'm sorry. The I was old, typing the old into frozen the... video stream, Ploy. Oh. You'll crack. You wait. Just... <laughs> he's got to breathe sometime. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> In the meantime, Aaron, I'm going to kick it over to you. How many patties of inertia do you give this song? I love that. I really do. Patties of inertia. It's like me trying to uh, stay on a diet. Patties. Sounds like a really <laughs> too many patties long... of inertia. I can't break it. No, um, it's it, it's so hard because it is a really good song. And like I said, the more I listen to it, the more I like it. This is one, I guess we'll, we'll put a, a half an asterisk <laughs> next to this because maybe I'll come back at the end of the year and revisit this one. But for I, now, I, I am going to... can't do a half an asterisk. It's a half asterisk. <laughs> Computers don't do that, Aaron. It's called a K. <laughs> yeah. All right, go ahead. What, what are you doing with this song? Oh, dear. Uh, anyways, so yeah, uh, I don't know. Like... It's really good. I'm, I'm trying to compare it to some other ones as I always try and do. And there's some that I rated, I, there was one song that I rated like 3.55, but I just didn't like it quite as much. So I got to give it 3.54 out of five patties of inertia. 3.54. 3.54. Okay. How does he, how does he think of these numbers? I, it's just like, <laughs> It's like, an index. It. it's like a, a Rolodex in my mind. <laughs> it's in my memory vault. <laughs> you should take well, it I was going to say, like, we're now on, like, song 101. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure I can't, I can't that... give everything around numbers or it's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's the same as that song? I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. He might be gone. I mean, not, not permanently, I hope, but uh, he, might, <laughs> he might be out for a while. I, Pennsylvania just totally went off well, the map. He's, they've gone I, I taught a class today and like we lost internet a couple times and they lost internet a couple times. So yeah, no, Everyone's online right now. Right now. We're, we're clogging the tubes. There's too many people in the tubes. <laughs> I'm leaving that one alone considering where we've been tonight. <laughs> so Stephen, I think you now have a, a kind of idea of where we're going at with this. So zero yes. to five, five being the, the song that you would like listen to ad nauseum. Zero being you wish that Thanos had gotten rid of it. <clears throat> oh, geez. How Don't many, how many patties would you give this song? You know I'm a Thanos fan. <laughs> He's you a know. Thanos. A 2020. Thanos uh, for president. <laughs> I'm all, all in it. But um, well, you have to bring up a few valid facts about bare naked ladies can they produce a bad song that's the real question i don't think they can no because i think they're just they're solid with sight uh songwriting i think they're great with lyrics i think they're great with melodies with blending chords together um and having the underlying uh emotion being transmitted through their music and yet keeping some kind of level of optimism and um, hope alive. And I think that's one of the great things about them is they're just able to have, I hate to say it as a generic song, but it is fairly generic as, a, <clears throat> as songwriting goes, but it's excellently done. It's well blended, yes. it's well modified. And you're saying it's a mandolin, I think it's a harpsichord, 
<laughs> but uh, but all in all, I, I think it's fantastic. I think if if five is the is the pinnacle of the the rating scale, uh, yeah, I, I think it's. <laughs> Oh my gosh! What is this guy doing? <laughs> All right, that, that well, would be the liner notes showing that it is a mandolin. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> I think what you're thinking is the keyboards. His, those are the keyboards you're hearing. It, it could be. I don't know. I don't know. I failed my listening to music class in college. So. <laughs> Who knew? Aaron, are, Aaron is that a harpsichord or is that keyboards? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I was just too busy trying to get all the chords down in time to make the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go ahead, Stephen. I've I've picked on you enough. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, no, I, I think I think Aaron's right on track. I think it's around um, like a a, a three point six, three point eight. So I think um, I'll go middle of the road, three point seven. How's that? Nice. Sounds about right to me. Nice. That ballpark, definitely. So, Aaron was talking about why did they choose 73? Well, 73 is a prime number, so I think they choose prime numbers. <laughs> Ooh, that's a really – actually, that could very well be. They're, they're nerds like, like you and I, so they are. Yeah. Yeah. with me uh, without your permission. But. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I'm right there with you, pal. He did talk about Thanos earlier. I mean, speaking of nerds, I did find out, guys, there is such a thing as a moment of inertia. Apparently, <laughs> a moment of inertia. Uh, yeah, it has Ooh. to do with the force it takes to like change uh, acceleration in a rigid body by so much. That sounds dirtier than I intended it to. Um, <laughs> I, I don't fully understand it. I'm not a physicist, but that's interesting. There is such a thing as a moment of inertia. But I like Patty of inertia. I was going to say, we're keeping Patties. We should petition the scientific community to change it to Patty of inertia. <laughs> aluminum, aluminum, inertia, <laughs> Patty moment. I like Patty. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds way less dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, now it's my turn, and wait, I get wait, to Jeff be. Jeff has to finish. He was he was cut up. No, it's all right. I think the Wi-Fi said you've talked too long. <laughs> <laughs> you rambled too long this time. So. You've identified too many Voigt packets. So I came back to found out, find out, though, I guess I rated this song higher than everybody. But you know, uh, just wait till <laughs> next episode if you want to give me. Hear me give a low rating. Just tune in next. Oh, yeah. well. So I, I guess that makes me the hater of the week this week. Uh oh, um, the haterade. I, I am. I'm drinking the haterade this week. Um, so I like the song, but I don't love it. It's the middle of the BNL playlist for me. It really is. It's it's not a snoozer, but it's it's background music for me. Um, it's right where it belongs on this album at number five. So right, it's right after easy. So you get that nice, that single note on easy and then a sigh, which is what this song is. And then into bull in a China shop, which is a really heavy hitter. It blends nicely, but it's, it really isn't. It's a, it's a sigh. It's, it's a comfortable song that I could listen to while I'm meditating or during my cool down during a workout, but it's not one that I'm going to seek out or listen to or, or enjoy. Um, <clears throat> so there are other songs that I, as I said before, that I think BNL does better with this. I'm, I'm struggling. I don't want to give it a low number because it is middle of the ground. But once again, BNL doesn't really make a lot of bad music. So with that being said, I'm going to give it a 2.9. Right, yeah. it's, it's not up there with the threes. It really isn't. Um, but it, it's. But it's close. It's close. <laughs> it's real close. Yeah. But I just can't commit to it. <laughs> I'll keep coming back to this song. He'll, look, he'll keep looking back. He'll look back and survey. But <laughs> it's actually already yellow. Yellow. So at the end of the year, I have to come back and look at this again and wonder if I wonder where I've been. <laughs> Yeah. So, sorry, that was bad. That was really bad. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, Tracy, for better or for worse, we compromise. <laughs> it's understandable. <laughs> well, speaking of compromise, that brings our song this week to a 3.6 average. Okay. All right. All right. So it's a, it's a good average. Yeah. And I think, 
I go ahead, talk. Ratings, I, I think our ratings went up as we were analyzing the song. We I agree, yeah, definitely. The song yeah, and absolutely. We realized yeah. that it's a little bit yeah. better than what we first thought. So it's not wanting to reconfigure. So I can't tell you where it is comparison wise to all the other songs. It's not wanting to, to reconfigure it. So what I'll do is I'll say that that puts this song directly at, and I'll fill that in later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great ranking. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta I get to 110. I don't, know. I don't know about you, but that that to me just sounds perfect. That it's at Curry Trevor's place. I think that's exactly where it should be. Our goal tonight is to make this as hard as hell for Tracy to edit. That's my goal every week. I'm just gonna put a big old. I'm just gonna put a big old warble in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, appearance for this week. I've actually been holding on to this appearance for a couple of months now, waiting for us to come around again to a song that Stephen's saying. Um, <clears throat> so Stephen Page, if people don't already know, I don't know why you don't, but Stephen Page was on Bumper Stumpers way, 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 way back in the day. So it was a it was a game show um, in Canada, big a very big game show in Canada. Um, Say it again. I said, get out, eh? I'm going to put it up there. It's a great video to get, know, get to know more about Stephen in his early pre-BNL years. Um, so Je Stephen appeared on this game show with Jeff Poonset. I know I probably just totally messed up his name. Um, but even though I messed it up, you probably may recognize his name <laughs> from earlier discussion. <laughs> Jeff was Stephen's writing partner before before he and Ed made BNL, and their group name was called Scary Music Breakfast. Stephen and Jeff did a tape together that got shipped around the school, and Ed got a copy around of it, and he went around singing the song "Really Don't Know," which is a song from it, um, while he was at the Scarborough Music Camp. Ed was singing that song. Stephen overheard it and said, hey, where did you hear that song? Because that, that's my song. You're, you're singing the song that I made and put a tape out about. Um, and that's when they kind of clicked and, and kind of hit it off. Um, then they actually started just harmonizing on the song as they stood there. And that's where the magic began. <clears throat> so that was written with Jeff Poonset. You may have wondered what Jeff looks like. You can actually see him on this video about that when they were on this game show together. <clears throat> um, it's really kind of interesting and whimsical and you get to see a lot of them talking about like this game show that doesn't exist anymore, but was kind of cool um, where they had to actually guess what people were like actual license plates, what were, what they meant based on like just looking at it. <clears throat> so I'm gonna put that up. Hopefully everyone will go out and look at it because it was a really cool video. I think there was an American game show that you had to guess license plates as well. I can't remember what it was though. It wasn't like, it was kind of family feudish in a way. Hmm. Maybe it was bumper stumpers, but we just called it something different here in America. <laughs> America. <laughs> Guess that license plate <laughs> with uh, game show hosterson. I love his work. <laughs> so I, I had a lot of fun. I was it was great to have to have you on this week, Stefan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was a lot of definitely. It was a lot of laughs, usually at my expense. <laughs> but nonetheless, well, I feel holly. I feel I feel jolly. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> you feel dandy. That's the I real feel, question. No, no. Jolly. I feel I feel jolly, not dandy. He oh, he's really good. feeling some Christmas in May right now, I think. I am. <laughs> Except this comes out in June. <laughs> hey Tracy, I'm getting good at this now. <laughs> so come back next week, join us for a Holly Jolly Christmas, and have a great week. Thanks, that was fun. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except maybe.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.